Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we're here to tell each other some spooky stories, learn something, have a good time. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary. Mm-hmm. This is episode 75 yeah. of Guide to the Unknown. That's right. Not quite an anniversary, not quite a milestone. No, there isn't any sort of like weird prefix before centennial for 75, no. right? I don't think so, but yeah. it still is like an achievement. Three quarters of a hundred. Yeah. We're getting there. Pretty soon, Not you and I bad. are going to be doing episode 100 of this show. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. Yeah. As it stands now, we have our podcast AARP card. Mm, oh my gosh, you're right. We're going to get so many discounts. We're septuagenarians. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Finally. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Yes. All right. So I'm going to go first. Yes. Now, this is a topic that I've had on my radar for a long time, but it just seems so dense. I, like, didn't feel like getting into it, to tell you the truth. It goes a lot of different directions. Okay. But um, my friend Dave asked me about it and then sent me some info about it that I'm going to get to a little bit later in the telling of the story that was – it intrigued me so that I couldn't ignore it any longer. Okay. What do you know, if anything, about the Bell Witch – Oh my gosh. Okay. Ooh, you had a good reaction. Yeah, because I actually I know something that it isn't it doesn't tell you anything about the Bell Witch. I mm-hmm. just know about a sort of reputation the Bell Witch has. Yeah. Um so you and I are both a, a massive fans of the Blair Witch yes. project. Yep. Are my books around here? They they're somewhere. Uh, Whatever. I'm yeah. not worried about it. Yeah. So uh the Blair Witch mm-hmm. is a completely made up mythical witch, but Outside of the movies, there was an author that wrote a series of books. They're dossiers. They're meant to take place in universe with the movies. Mm -hmm. So they purport to say that Heather, Mike, and Josh did go missing. Mm -hmm. Here are some historians that talk about the Blair Witch. And in some of those books, they mention um, that the Blair Witch is not the only legend like this. Right. And they cite the Bell Witch as another example. Yep. So I don't know how many similar – well, I guess they – have some similarities besides just being like American witch legends. Yeah. There's not a whole lot. I obviously did think about the Blair Witch when I was researching this, but there's not a ton, ton of overlap that I can see besides those two things, but still extremely sweet. Cool. So it is a story that has caught fire ever since the events happened in a crazy way. And I was trying to think of why exactly it's such a big deal because the main core story is kind of small. I know that there are other ways I could have gone while I was researching it and gone very deep because there are people who have said that they've experienced things with the Bell Witch yeah. who aren't in the Bell family and who don't live in the area. Like apparently it kind of – people feel it kind of traveled around. I think that there are a lot of theories about it that are almost – Similar, And I think I could be totally wrong. I don't know where I'm getting this in my head from just having seen it at some point in life, reading and looking at all this stuff the way that we always have. But like, I feel like there are theories about things that happen to people that they attribute to the Bell Witch about (laughs) – what am I trying to say? Um, Like the same way that there are people who try to explain the events of Salem, like the Salem Witch Trials, by being like, well, there's a certain fungus on this wheat that like made everybody go crazy. I think that there are some theories that are like, well, this was happening in this area and then they attribute it to the Bell Witch or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense, especially because like um, we get so caught up in these like myths and legends Uh that we sort of forget – like history forgets the actual practical reasons why a lot of this stuff was thought of in the first place. Right. Exactly. So it just – it's 
a huge, very sprawling story. Um, but I just focused in on things that I thought were cool, cool. <laughs> basically, Great. and that I came across. I took a long time. But um, the broad strokes of it is that there was this witch who manifested mainly as a booming voice tormenting a family, doing some physical stuff, eventually killing a man. It's said that um, the Bell Witch, uh, the events of the Bell Witch are the only events that the only death that is attributed to supernatural forces by like the state, basically, at the time. Okay. Um, and where we get this information from is kind of from one main source about the main story. There was a book written in 1894, which first of all is a little bit, it's a little unusual because the main text was written almost 75 years. 75, 75. Whoa. Um, 75 years after the events that happened, which okay. is kind of strange. Like this wasn't written down right when it happened or, or soon after. It's 75 years later. This guy writes a book called An Authenticated History of the Famous Bell Witch. Um, and it's kind of like a collected oral history over time. So some people say it's just a total hoax, the whole thing. It's like not really a yeah. thing at all. Um, but also some people say that the book is just a great record of folklore at that time and kind of the way that people thought. So hard to say. I mean, definitely the Bell family existed. Some of these things happened because there are some things that are written down. Um, but we don't know for sure because the main account was written so long after the events happened, which is weird. Right. One thing that is referred to a lot is that the Bell Witch got its name from Andrew Jackson, our old friend from our White House stories. Yeah. President Andrew Jackson is said to have coined the term Bell Witch. Now, this is another one of those things where it's just kind of talked about anecdotally, but there is no actual record, like from Andrew Jackson or anything, of him visiting the Bell family. But this would have happened supposedly. Let's just do a blanket statement. Everything I'm about to say is supposedly, who knows, whatever. Okay. The story is that when he was a general, people were talking about the whole Bell Witch phenomenon. It was known in the area, and he was in the south, and he decided with some of his men to go visit the property and just, like, check this out and see what's going on or something. So he and a couple of guys rode up to the property on their with their, like, horse-drawn carriages, and then – I thought this detail was kind of funny. The carriages stopped, like, at the Bell Farm property line. Not the horses. The carriages just would not progress past the line. I read something that said the horses were trying to pull them, and it just, like, wasn't happening. That's even weirder. Right? That's that's one of those things that we've talked about before. Like they curse the wheels. That's one of those things we talked about before with, like, the Phantom Skater when we were doing a listener mm-hmm. story episode where it's, like, yeah. uh, something that's that is just unexplainable in physics yes. in a way, right? Like, the Phantom Skater didn't have a shadow. Right. Just, like... <laughs> is, is there really an explanation for that? Is he not physically there? Whatever. This is like, yeah. There, why the horses? Horses, yeah. Right. Carriage, no. Right. And the horses are attached to the carriage, so it's not going. It's so it's strange. Like, it's inexplicable. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm going to quote some stuff from a blog from 2014. So the same way that um, this book was written you know, 75-ish years after the events. All of my sources are from 2014, 2015 for some reason. Wow. Pretty much what I found on the internet seemed to have frozen at that date. Huh. At least all the things that I enjoyed were all 2014, 2015. So this is a blog. It's seeksghosts.blogspot.com. And I'm going to read some quotes because I thought they were very funny. So remember that we had heard from our episodes about um, ghosts in the White House and maybe even First Lady 
see, uh, being into the occult or whatever, that Andrew Jackson was like big on cursing. Yeah. And that they would hear him like warming the halls cursing. Well, that must have come later because he had some pretty gentle language when he visited the Bell Farm. So he's frustrated by the horses not being able to go. And this blog says that he said, by the eternal boys, this is the Bell Witch. By the eternal? That comes up multiple times. Ooh. Actually, it's just, this is the witch. I guess he says Bell Witch later. Um, To which a disembodied female voice replied, all right, general, let the wagon move on. I will see you tonight. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So then the wagon finally started of its own accord and they can pass through. Ooh. So they are, according to this, I don't know why they're camping out, not staying with the family or something, but they are like pitching a tent and camping out, um, Andrew Jackson and his men. And one of the people that they were with was somebody who was a self-proclaimed witch layer or witch hunter. Um, I guess like a witch slayer or whatever. Okay. So he was talking big game about how he has hunted and shot other witches and stuff. Like this is, this is this guy's jam and he's going to take care of this bell witch. So this says, Andrew Jackson leaned in and whispered to one of his men, I bet this fellow is an errant coward. By the Eternals, I do wish the thing would come. I want to see him run. Whoa. By the Eternals. By the Eternals. Why did that phrase go out of style? I don't know. I love it. I was floored. What does that really mean? Like by the... By God. By God? Like is God is eternal, so... Yeah. I guess it's like, by God, there's a witch here or whatever. It's like, I'm... I'm, it's so definitive. By God, it's happening. You know, I think we did say in the White House haunting episode that cursing back then was probably being like, oh, fiddlesticks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Pure fiddlesticks. Yeah, so maybe Andrew Jackson was just like, by the Eternals. And everyone was like, everybody's like, oh, my God. believe he said that? Can you? Language. There are children here. We're talking Eternals. Maybe by the Eternals went out of style because it was the worst of the worst maybe. curses of the time. Maybe. Maybe there's going to be somebody who's like, extremely old who's listening to this podcast and is gonna be like ha ah! sitting in front of like a Victrola with an <laughs> yeah. ear horn like Whistler's mother I thought mother. they said this podcast wasn't explicit <laughs> how could they yeah. um okay so that's happening this guy's talking a big game Andrew Jackson's like by the Eternals I feel like this guy's a scaredy cat I wish the witch would come so we can see him run that's great then the group fe- uh, starts to hear light footfalls prancing. At the same time, the female voice from earlier announces, All right, General, I am at hand and ready for business. What? So then the voice demands that the witch hunter shoot, and he tries to get his gun, but it doesn't fire. So this witch is making a mockery of the witch lair or yeah. whatever. The braggart was then struck by an unseen force as he twisted around and shouted that something was sticking painful pins into him. Remember, pins are going to come into play later. Okay. He then cried out that something had him by the nose. (laughs) This seems like a real scene. This This seems like a comedy. This is a freak show. Yeah. Andrew Jackson's calling this guy a braggart and being like, you know, whatever. Then a witch is grabbing this guy by the nose. Pleased to make your acquaintance. I have I have come yeah. since you called me. Like the rules of engagement here are very proper. You know, like battle used to be like you have yeah. to like be very respectful of thine enemy and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, you bow to them. Yeah. You're gonna duel. Exactly. This seems like this witch was just humiliating him from all these people. She's like, Oh, you're a tough witch layer. Yeah. Well, I've got you by the schnoz. How about that? <laughs> So it says that all of them were silent as they watch this guy get thrown around the tent by the nose, and then he ran away from the tent. 
The witch chimed again once more after he was gone. She said, how the devil did run and beg. I bet he won't come through here again with his old horse pistol to shoot me. Then the gathering heard, I guess that's fun enough for tonight, General, and you can go to bed now. I will come tomorrow night and show you another rascal in this crowd. (laughs) (laughs) You see now why I decided to use seeksghost.blogspot.com from 2014 as a source. This is awesome. I know. This is like drunk history or something. I I know. I was thinking that. I feel like I have a very clear image in my head of all of these events (laughs) playing out. This ghost, like, that also plays into sort of, like, classic ghost stories where it's like, when the bell, you know, chimes one, I will return. Tomorrow night, I'll be coming again. Right. Well, she didn't get her chance because they left the next day, even though though they were planning on staying a week. Well, thank God they did. So scared were they by, wait, what is it? By the eternal of the Bell Witch. So that's all fun and games, Will. But the Bell Witch isn't always all fun and games. So we're going to go back to the beginning. That was when we're in the thick of it and people know about the Bell Witch. But how did this come about on Bell Farm in Tennessee? Adams, Tennessee, to be exact. I don't think I said that. (laughs) Okay. So in Adams, Tennessee, in early 1817, John Bell was out at his farm, like, tending crops and stuff. And he saw an apparition of a black dog with the head of a rabbit running around unsettling to say the least yeah so he was like what the hell's happening here then not long after that strange things just start happening all the time in their house and on the farm so he his wife lucy and his kids start to hear pounding on the outside of their cabin just randomly it starts out with that but then it starts to escalate then they start hearing the voice talking to them and the voice sounds like a woman they say an old woman then things start to get physical the ghost starts throwing pillows tugging bed sheets and this detail freaked me out and i tried to find more about it but i guess there's nothing more to say they started to hear the sound of chewing on bedposts can you imagine being in bed and you can hear somebody gnawing on your wood bedpost i wouldn't like that i wouldn't like that either it's such a crazy thing to do with no seeming end game that you're just like i'm really dealing with something that's like unhinged here why are they doing this? it doesn't have a particular motivation no that to just be doing that is so scary i'm just doing this the it's not a means of, to an end and it's, also they're at your bed and probably at the foot of your bed something at the foot of your bed the sound of it chewing on your bedpost that is so freaky it's really me. weird yes and um seeming to particularly zone in on attacking their daughter betsy so like pinching poking slapping hitting all betsy like a lot of like really physical stuff do you know how old betsy was i think like a teen i think it was like preteens. you know what this sounds like, like. i don't remember this sounds oh, like yes. by the book poltergeist activity that's yeah. right she might have been going through some hormonal stuff yeah it was manifesting uh-huh it started with sort that's of like right. innocuous events and then it escalated to uh, to physical right. f- physically maneuvering objects around the room, and then it escalated further mm-hmm. to to violence. That's right. I bet there's a theory about that out out there somewhere. Yeah, because we talked about li- there are defined steps. It's like Piaget's yeah. steps yes. for poltergeists. And these, William, you're right. And these are the steps. It was like first they heard pounding, mm-hmm. then they heard voices, then physically things being moved. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Not just a hat rack. That's right, my friend. Okay, so um. So this is where something that Dave told me kind of comes into play. He said, and this is such like, I told him, I thought it was like, it's like a very wholesome story. So he and his brother, Anthony, were on tour with like a band they had when they were like, I don't know, in their early 20s or something like that. 
And they were staying, I think, somewhere in the South with just a, a couple. And Anthony was, I think this is cute, was like reading to them from a book about scary stuff and was reading to them about the Bell Witch. Okay. So Dave told me that he remembered a story from this book about either the mom or Betsy coughing up dozens of needles and that it really stuck with him because it's so creepy or whatever, mm. but that he hadn't seen stuff about it since really. So then when he was talking to me about doing this episode, he started like Googling around and finding st and looking for stuff about the needles that rang a bell with him for what Anthony had read him. And he didn't find exactly that. Um, but he did find again, a 2015 blog spot to source from metaphysicalarticles.blogspot.com. And, um, it has something that he thinks is like kind of in the realm of what he was talking about. And on that blog that he sent me, it says it's from Mark Russell Bell's blog. Mm -hmm. So I think that's somebody, a member of the Bell family, but it was housed on this blog spot. So I'm just going to read it. Um, some of it verbatim, some of it I will um, shorten. Okay. So I thought this was cool. It says, Bell witch narratives from Britain and the continent abound in examples of sufferers who vomited or avoided bones, pins, nails, needles, bits of lead, farthings, wet stones, nutshells, rushes, balls of wool or hair, and so on, which the witch had somehow conveyed into the system. Yeah. The witch had somehow conveyed into the system is such a sweet phrase. It is. Yeah, it's weird because I guess I don't I, – I feel like I've seen stuff like that before mm -hmm. in – uh, stories of like people getting cursed and stuff yeah. where they will. Yeah. I can, I feel like I can picture somebody like pulling out some disgusting yarn. Yeah. You right. Know? But I don't, I guess Actually, I, does that happen in the ring? Does somebody, is somebody pulling out like yeah, Samara pull, hair? Pulls out hair. Yeah. yeah that's I right. Think that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't, I don't usually think of that as meaning that this entity spirit, whatever, right. Put a button in you or whatever. Exactly. It's just kind of like, it's just happening. Mm -hmm. When you say it as like somehow they put a button in there. Yeah. Put a button in your body. Yeah. A buckle. Right. It's so much stranger a than a farthing, a whetstone, <laughs> farthing. Do we still have farthings? I'm not sure. Is a farthing? Does it go I have by any no other name? No idea what that is. A farthing by any other name would not be as sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna read this next paragraph mainly because there are really good old timey names in it. Um, so there's a witch case study author named M.V. Ingram who wrote about a phenomenon involving pins and needles in, uh, a book called Reminiscences from the Girl Who Associated Most with Betsy Bell, hmm. a name that I feel like would be shortened today, <laughs> but was allowed to proceed as a book back in the day. <laughs> so the chapter of this book is derived from an interview with Partheny Thorn Gooch. Oh, God. <laughs> Excuse me. Partheny Thorn Gooch's daughter, Lucinda. <laughs> Lucinda so, Gooch. Lucinda Gooch. Lucinda E. Rowles. I think that she must have gotten married later or something. So, um, probably got married as fast so, as she could. Yeah, probably with that name. So, um, Partheny's nickname was Thenny Thorn. Tough name. <laughs> and I guess a friend, she's the girl most, assess, uh, most associated with Betsy Thorn. Betsy Bell, excuse me. So, Thenny Thorn, Partheny Thorn Gooch, said 
that a witch doctor insisted that he could relieve Betsy of the spell if she would take his medicine, and she readily agreed to take his prescription. So a spell of like feeling like crap from the witch, basically. Mother uh, remonstrated with Betsy against taking the awful dose, but she persisted that she would take anything that anybody would give her, even if it was poison, to get rid of her excruciating pest, and so she did swallow it down. It soon made her deathly sick, as the conjurer promised it would, and immediately a copious evacuation of the stomach followed. The excrement was examined and found to be literally full of pins and needles. And Kate, the witch, I'll get to that, fairly roared with laughter and said that fell and said that fellow was the only conjurer who had ever done any good. Uh, right. So somebody came along who said that they could cure her of feeling terrible all the time, gave her something that made her poop needles. Right. Okay. So it was him that did it? No, the conjurer saved her from like no, I, th- those the, those needles in were They're in there. They're making her stomach okay. hurt, I guess. I thought it was starting to sound as if like he no was another villain. <laughs> no, no, no. I I think that she was in a lot of pain. Double curse. There actually was just that excerpt. It didn't really say like she's doubled over in pain all the time. But I gather she was in a ton of pain in her yeah. stomach, and so he helped her avoid the needles that were causing her pain. Ugh. And the witch was like, <laughs> well, I guess somebody did some good Ugh. or whatever. So tough stuff it's bizarre but it gets tougher so the dad john bell started getting really sick a couple of years into the presence of the witch being around them um he was like he had like no appetite and he was having what we now know are seizures okay so it sounds like he had some sort of like neurological thing going on or something going on with his nervous or yeah central nervous system possibly is what i read um but when he died it said that they found a vial of black liquid by his bed and that the voice of the bell witch came on the loudspeakers and said, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. Ooh. I know. The bell witch talks in a very particular and scary way. It is scary. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not scary, but it is definitely peculiar. It's peculiar indeed. It's full sentences and right. boastful mm-hmm. and almost too much it's information. Like fun, right? Kind of. There's no there's yeah. no mystery here. Right. How did he die? I killed him. Yeah. Well, there's no need for a mystery when you're a witch. You know what I mean? What are they going to do? Prosecutor? No, I agree. Want to take credit. I agree. Have a good time with it. I feel like in a lot of stories about witches and ghosts and stuff, they mm-hmm. still try to stay low key. Yeah, they keep it kind of vague. Yeah. The, no, the bell witch is taking ownership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what was the exact? Can you say the quote again? What'd you say? It fixed him. I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. Yeah, it's also sort of slang. Right. Right. Well, too. Also, with the general thing, it was very proper. She's like, "All right, general, I'll, you, I'll leave you for the night." And uh, but. It's wonderful. I, I really do love it. I know. I do, too. It made me wonder why I hadn't gotten into this sooner. Yeah. Um, why isn't anybody really talking about this? How is there not? They are. There, I mean, there's a ton of stuff about the Bell Witch out there. Yeah, but I feel like it didn't hit, like, mainstream enough for me to know. You know? I was aware yeah. that she existed. I mean, there are some things in pop culture of her. Like, there's a movie called An American Haunting that's about the Bell Witch. That's about her? Yes. That Have was... you ever seen that before? Yeah, I don't. It seems like to do. Um, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Let's just say it gave me pins and needles. Yeah. <laughs> that no witch doctor could yeah. help with. It smells like a pin only, cushion. That only movie. me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'll also reference it a little bit more in a minute, but there was a special on A&E in 2015. 2015 was a very hot year for the Bell Witch. Yeah. Um, a special on A&E called Cursed the Bell Witch. And there's also an episode of Ghost Adventures, um, 
that takes place in Bellwitch Cave, which is just a cave on the property of the Bells. And from what I gather, I could be wrong. I think it's just it just happens to be a cave and caves are creepy. So they call it Bellwitch Cave. Fair enough. I didn't find anything. Not that I looked super hard into Bellwitch Cave specifically, but everything was just kind of like, yeah, Bellwitch Cave is on the Bell property and there was a witch. Right. So I, I don't think it Good she enough. did anything crazy in there. It's all you need. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so the bell witch didn't said that and then laughed and sang mocking songs at his funeral, which is way harsh. That is harsh. Everyone just sits there having to listen to these songs. I know. You're just like, really? The man, you're, can you not let up for like a minute? I don't even, I don't know if that would be my reaction. Yeah. If a, if a disembodied voice starts singing. But at this point, it's, it's three or four years into the presence right, of the yeah. bell witch, like being with them all the time and like booming its voice out. Just, it seems like very regularly. I guess you're right. So I used to be like, could you just for like a day hey knock it off yeah for now just once kate so the identity of who the bell witch is and where this is coming from is widely disputed um and according to the legend the entity gave multiple names and mul- multiple stories for what it was like the joker and oh. the dark knight yeah mm-hmm. um in one case it claimed to be the spirit of a native american whose grave w- grave was disrupted which is also just a very like classic american sort of story yeah um so that could just be sort of a folklorish folklore kind of thing um but at a different time and this is what a lot of people have taken as fact whatever have to have taken as the identity of the bell witch um said that it was doing the work of the bell's neighbor whose name was kate bats b-a-t-t-s so something i find interesting about that is that at least in this particular thing I read, it didn't say that it was the neighbor manifested. It said that it was doing the work of the neighbor. Yeah, like doing the bidding. Yeah, exactly. But they started apparently calling the witch Kate and it responded to that like it was its name. So that kind of like fed into the idea of Kate Bats like being the bell witch in some way or whatever. Weird. However, I think Kate Bats got a real bad rap from what I read. So there is kind of like a bell witch historian named Pat Fitzhugh who's written a number of books about the bell witch. And this is an article or this comes from an article about a talk that he did. Um, he said that Kate Batts was an outcast in their community because she had very little money and she did the, the majority of the hard physical labor on her family's farm because her husband was paralyzed from an accident. Oh. So they basically thought she was like weird, it sounds like. She was like poor and she's like a woman who's doing the physical work. So they're just like, what's this chick's deal? As what stupid, the hell is she supposed to do? Uh, as stupid as we are today and yeah. as poorly as we treat each other yes. today, it's like – the past is on a whole other level. Like, oh, yeah. What's up with that lady that does all the the hard labor because right. her husband's paralyzed? Right, and she's like all poor. What a weirdo. Right, exactly. She's probably a witch, or at least in command of one. <laughs> Am I right? At least that's one that does her bidding. It's bizarre. Um, they it's bizarre. Also, it's so weird. They also said, this might have added to it a little bit, that she was always trying to impress people. She was like, she'd make a scene and try to be the center of attention, so maybe she was like a little annoying. But like, maybe this woman's trying to escape sometimes from her very hard life. Yeah. They're, you know? Given no quarter. She's got, number one, she's got a farm, a whole yeah. farm. It's not like she's just doing like the work at home that her husband would normally be chipping in on. Right, yeah. She's taking care of a farm. She's exhausted. Maybe she wanted a little shine for a minute. It'd be awesome to be able to go back in time and stop the bullying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, be like, Bats alone. You're all a bunch of backwards weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. You think that she's weirder than you? Yeah. Look at all of you. Yeah, come on. Bizarre. 
It's slaves and stuff. Like, yeah. you know, look at yourself. Yeah. Look at yourself. I also read something. And I didn't write it down because um, it felt like I needed to get into a lot of particulars of something. I didn't want to like do it wrong. I also read a theory that they didn't like Kate Batts because she somehow got involved in some sort of like land ownership thing that had to do with like the Bell Farm slaves or something like that. I'm not sure. But if mm. you're interested, that's something that you could look up further. But anyway, um, Bats strongly denied having any connection to the haunting, but because they had already gone down that road, they just keep kept calling the witch Kate, and she like leaned into it. The, the witch leaned into it, I mean. Right, right. So people think of the witch as Kate very often. What kind of reporting is this, too? Uh, yeah. Miss Bats, Miss Bats, what do you have to say to the people that propose that you might have something to do with the bell witch is this true is there a connection no no No. why would there be what would that mean um how how is it not me but i'm in control of it think about what you're asking me no i don't believe you ma'am right is that the reporter saying that yes i don't believe you i'm gonna continue to spread the rumors that you're in charge and you're a weirdo yeah it's a convenient fun story yeah so that's the main original gist of the story. The Bell family, that whole thing, Kate Bats and everything. But people st- still talk about it, obviously, today. Particularly people in the Bell family, like descendants of it. It's part of their, like, not only is it part of kind of American lore and Southern lore, but it's specifically part of their, like, family lore. So in the context of that show Curse that I mentioned, um, it is said that the witch torments the firstborn son of each generation of the family. Now, I only found that this is something I did a, a fair amount of Googling around on. I only found that part in association with this show cursed. I didn't find any other source saying that the firstborn son of every generation is going to have this going on, but maybe it's something that specifically the Bell family talked about a lot. So it wasn't like, I don't know, maybe they didn't spread it around. So all the Bell witch kind of historians were up on it or whatever. Mm. So on this show, there's a direct descendant of Lucy, the wife in the original family, whose name is John, who um, is trying to stop the curse in order to save his 14-year-old son from harm. So those are the stakes on the show, Cursed. Yeah. I watched a bunch of clips of it on YouTube. Um, I, I'm fine with watching the clips. <laughs> the clips are enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's say that. If it was if it was all available on demand somewhere or something, I did look into whether it was streaming and you have to like rent it or buy it. Um, it didn't seem great enough to spend money for, in in my humble opinion. Yeah. I also read that it's kind of half like historical stuff and then half like ghost hunting show thing, like night vision, whatever. And it seems like the historical stuff I get on vo- in uh get on board with watching but like the ghost stuff is pretty typical sort of ghost hunter stuff it just doesn't didn't really seem worth it to me hmm. um i also watch clips of ghost adventures with our friend zach bagans going into bell witch cave freaking out freaking out they set up some sort of um like big electrical rods in the cave that if you know if something was happening they would light up or whatever and so they're starting to light up and he's like oh my god oh my god <laughs> freaking out Maybe I gotta watch that show. Oh yeah, you absolutely do. What are you nuts? It's so crazy because I haven't I haven't seen like a ton of it, but I've seen like some of it. He's incredible because sometimes it'll be the most minor thing that's going on. Like maybe I needed to see the full context of this episode with the Bell Witch Cave, but seriously, there's like two big rods, and you just see them like lighting up a little bit. And he's like, oh my god. <laughs> Every and time like ramps up the excitement just by because how can you if you're with him, how can you not end up being like, oh, my God, 
Every time we get back to Zach Bagans, mm-hmm. I have such a good time thinking of his face. I know. I love it. When I saw that he had gone there, I was like, oh, yes. And like checking with his crew mm-hmm. on stuff and be like, okay, so you're going to go in there now? Yep. You're that's like, happening. Like constantly trying to like well, wrangle what we're doing. It's like um, it's ramping up the seriousness of what we're doing. Right. Like I need to make sure I know exactly what you're doing and I need to know exactly what you're doing because we're about to do something very dangerous. So we need to make sure that we have all our ducks in a row. So it makes anything that's very minor feel very intense and high stakes. He's an effective leader. He's a very effective leader. If you were hanging out with Zach Bagans and you went to, say, an Applebee's. Sure. So you're getting the the mozzarella sticks? Great. What have you got over there? Okay, you're getting the turkey club? Excellent. Okay, <laughs> let's order. Okay, come here, Theo. What are you getting? I don't think getting? about a turkey club a whole lot anymore. <laughs> oh, I do. It's delicious. Do you get a turkey club? Um, I've been known to get a turkey club. I was weirdly thinking about turkey club. And I was like, man, I forgot that that's a sandwich that exists. I never get a turkey club. Sounds like a fun afternoon. It was okay. (laughs) So those are those things that are, you know, not recent, but recent-ish, 2015. Um, Wait, where did I just go? Okay, so... The cursed show. They're worried about like firstborn sons experiencing harm from this curse. I didn't find because it wasn't in the clips that I watched. I didn't see what's what's happened in the past to make them think that this is a thing. Like, I, I don't know what people in this family have experienced. That's like the firstborn sons keep like really stepping in it. But it obviously seems upsetting of this guy, John. They end up like in a clip that I did see on YouTube. They like burned an effigy like on Bell Farm or something, I think, to like appease the witch so that she won't try to go after the sun did it work i think they said it worked then show's over exactly well it was like the finale of a show so i think that they were like all right finally an end to the curse or whatever but i don't know what happened (laughs) i didn't find anything after that i did try to find out like after story stuff but it seems like the show ended and that was the end of our journey with that with that branch of the family it would be awesome to advertise a full season of a show about a family that's (laughs) cursed but then in episode one they appease the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I guess everything's fine. And the rest of the show is like a sitcom. Or yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just having fun together. Yeah. So there were other members of the Bell family, the extended Bell family, who have had a much easier time of it. So there's Lucy Butler, who's named after the original Lucy in the story, um, but she's a direct descendant of John. Um, and she said that it was just kind of like a natural part of growing up as part of the Bell family. Like weird things would happen around them. And they were just kind of like, oh, I guess it's the Bell Witch. Because another thing about the Bell Witch is I've talked about all the, like the weird, like harmful things. Apparently she would be nice to some people and then really didn't like other people. So she liked the original Lucy and was nice to her. I don't know if that means she spoke nicely to her. I don't know if that means she folded her sheets for her or something like that. I'm not sure what nice to them means. Well, but met Lucy. What ho? Yeah. I hope you have a spanking day. <laughs> I know. I didn't find specifics about what that means, but it said that she was nice to some people, not nice to some others. So this Lucy Butler, who's alive today, named after that old Lucy, seemed like the Bell Witch didn't really do anything harmful to her and her family, maybe because she was named for the Lucy that she liked. Um, she did say that she and her daughter saw an apparition that kind of looked like that dog that John Bell saw 
all the way back then. And they've also seen a young girl just like running around and giggling and stuff like that. Mm. And she said that the girl would play with her daughter's toys when she was very young. And she said that she thinks that that was a sweet side of the Bell Witch manifesting itself. And I like the idea of the Bell Witch having it can come in different forms. And if it's in a good mood, it's going to come as like a little giggling girl who's maybe going to play with your daughter and be nice. Still sounds terrifying because it's a ghost thing. But maybe it's like, yeah, I like these people. I'm powerful enough to show myself how I want. I can be a weird dog with a rabbit head or I can be a nice girl who's playing. That's also very – something about that feels very much like The Shining to me mm-hmm. too where it's like the spirit can manifest as yeah. whatever it needs to. Yeah. And it feels like what people are like, right? Yeah. If a spirit is a, is like a, a the soul of a person trapped on earth mm-hmm. – um, who has unfinished business or something, they might be troubled. Right. Like maybe like my mood fluctuates. Yeah. Maybe a ghost does too. That's totally true. What are we if not ghosts in bodies? Don't pigeonhole me. I'm not just one thing. No, of course. We contain multitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Lucy Butler was young um, in the 60s, she did see a very scary thing. She wasn't on the receiving end of it, but she observed it. So she said the witch didn't like her father, Lucy Bell or Lucy Butler's father. Um, and she, it also said that uh, he may have had some Florida mafia ties. So oh. this guy sounds like he might have been a piece of work. He's also an actor and just seemed like he was maybe uh, extra, as they say. So she said one day in the 60s, they were getting ready to have a party at their house. Um, her dad was getting ready to have a party. And she came downstairs and she saw, this is so weird, crickets filling the living room and then filing into the very expensive stereo that he had just bought for the party. And like it was the 60s. So that kind of stuff was very expensive back then. And so she thinks that the Bell Witch was like punishing him and messing with him because they didn't like she didn't like him and like ruining his fancy stereo equipment. And Lucy said that she thinks that the Bell Witch punishes the ones meant to be punished and was good to the ones that she liked. Wow. I, yeah. I like that. Some sort of a judgmental yes. spirit, the ghost of Santa Claus. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, does Santa Claus, Santa Claus is a punish. The coal? Yeah, that's a punishment. That's not that bad, though. The absence of a gift is a punishment, let alone the reminder that you. It's a punishment, but it's not like. Pinching and slapping people and filling their tummies with pins and stuff, you know? No, it's Santa's less Miles. harsh than the bear, Bell Witch, but yes. he certainly is doing a. He is vengeful. Yeah. Santa is vengeful. Yeah, you've been naughty. Never thought about that before. Doesn't give me my boombox. <laughs> Gives me an educational Christmas. Ooh, that was a rough year, Santa. I also got a vest that I wanted during that educational Christmas, though. It was like a hippie, like, patchwork vest. So that was a, a small saving grace on ed- educational Christmas. Thank God. Ugh. Um, so I'm going to end with Lucy Butler, current day Lucy's kind of account of this sort of stuff and what he's experienced coming into the Bell family as an outsider. So he said that he didn't really believe in it when he came in. He just didn't really believe in ghosts and stuff. And then he said one day he was over at Lucy's apartment and that jewelry that Lucy had hanging up in her bedroom started shaking. So he went in and checked it out to see if like there was an air vent that was causing movement or something and there wasn't. And he was just like, all right, fine. Okay. And retreated to the living room. I was like, I'm just going to leave that be. And then a tassel hanging from a lamp in the living room started spinning rapidly in circles. So he said, this is a quote, I said, that's it, he recalled. Saturday morning, daylight, I walked out. Lucy had the whole month's, pay, uh, month's rent paid, but I moved out of there. It freaked me out. Yeah. 
Yeah. But not enough. He's, he stayed around. They're still happily married, whatever. But an outsider experienced a little bit of the Bell Witch maybe messing with them, maybe testing him because they weren't – the Bell Witch wasn't doing anything like expressly mean or evil. Maybe just feeling out what kind of guy this is and whether they want to punish him or they want to like him. And swinging a tassel around yeah. does like conjure an image of somebody like, you know, hanging out in the corner. Uh-huh. Just watching you twirling yeah. this thing around. Yeah, I'm just seeing what I think you and how you're going to react to me, and then I'll make my judgments based on that. You're going to get along, right? Yeah, sounds like they get along okay because it doesn't sound like Lucy Butler and her husband oh, are pursued in a scary way, yeah. way by the Bell Witch. Um, current day, there's a Bell Witch Fall Festival in Tennessee. I checked the website; tickets are on sale right now. If anybody oh, wants to go to that, very cool. Um, and they put on a play every year called Spirit about the Bell Witch and the original Bell Witch story in the area that used to be Bell Farm, which That's is great. very cool and creepy. It happens at night, yeah, and they do like a Bell Witch play. That's like that thing going around right now of you can watch Jaws on the water. Yes, I posted that. Yeah, yeah. 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 You yeah. can watch a play about the Bell Witch right. on the land where it happened. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Right? Cool. Right? I love that. So there's a lot else you guys can look up if you're into it. Um, but that is. A slice of the Bell Witch. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I Thank wish you, Dave. I wish she would still speak. I wish that yeah. she would still like yeah. let her voice ring out. Let her voice be heard. <laughs> and be like, which one of you shall I expose as a rascal this evening? <laughs> like, it's me again. I know. I'm scared. <laughs> but You got me. In my defense, why wouldn't I be? Right. <laughs> you are a ghost. You're a witch. Yeah. And you're scaring me. You keep <laughs> talking to me. Uh, all right. Well. Yeah. My topic for the evening is a little bit of a celebration. Mm-hmm. We're hitting 75 episodes of this show. I figured I would pull out one of the big guns. Okay. Uh, a big mythical creature, monster, whatever you want to call it. Great. Let's talk all about Bigfoot. Ooh, great. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, the other thing that I want to talk about in uh, getting into Bigfoot yeah. is the fact that I really enjoy our listener, viewer base, people that watch and listen to this show. And, yes, and, me too. <laughs> and reach out to us on social media and stuff. Yeah. Like, at Schooled. Mm-hmm. Schooled with three O's. Yeah. Uh, she uses Guide to the Unknown mm-hmm. as um, as a jumping stone to homeschool lessons. Yes. Uh, using folklore to teach real topics right. that, that like anybody would need to get an education on. Right. And so each week when we release the show, uh, invariably we get a post finding mm-hmm. out how our topics for the week right. were used for educational purposes. I know. It's so cool. I love it so much. It's incredible. It really is uh, crazy. The ingenuity of these lessons is wild. Have you gone to her account, like besides just looking at the post that she um, tags us in? Yeah. Did you see her like wheel of folklore yes. and like ugh, it's so cool. Absolutely incredible. And and frankly, mm-hmm. uh she is why I'm talking about Bigfoot. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, because everybody follow at schooled with yep. three O's. Yeah, it's really neat. Uh there's a post about an old worksheet that she'd put together about the Sasquatch. Oh, cool. And it was labeled Math Squatch. <laughs> Oh, my God. I just want to mention, Schooled is Amy, who, if you've been listening for a long time to the show, um, has made embroidery hoops yeah, we have. based on things that we've talked about in the show that we've talked about and shown on the video version before. This is a very cool person is all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. We have yeah. uh, a Banshee embroidery yep. that she sent us uh, up here in the background in the mm-hmm. video version. Uh, yeah, really amazing. Um, but so this Math Squatch worksheet i i looked through it and there's like a lot of good information on it but look at how it's turned into like an educational lesson okay uh so there there are different sections on the math squatch worksheet 
Here's a quote. First spotted by the Iroquois, the Midnight Whistler weighs around X pounds. So Midnight Whistler is a thing about... The Midnight Whistler. That's a term for a, a Bigfoot. Weighs around X pounds and sounds like a steam engine when it whistles. To get the answer for how much it weighs, you have to multiply 8 times 5 times 2 times 5. Oh, my God. Isn't that brilliant? Yes. Oh, I would have done so much better in school if, I, if it was structured this way. Honestly. That's seriously. So, no, I know. I'm not kidding. That's so cool. If you had to do your work properly yep. to find out cool monster facts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one. Uh, Bigfoot legends go back at least blank years. 75 times 4 times 10 is the answer. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, now remember, this is Math Squatch, so it's all yes, particularly Yes, of course. Math-y. Of course. Remember MathNet that we loved? Of course I remember MathNet. Yeah. I'm peeve. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not feeling very well myself, pal. MathNet. Ugh, it was on PBS when we were kids, and it was like Dragnet, but math stuff. It was so good. So Will and good. I were obsessed with it. Uh, there are also some fun facts on the worksheet. Uh, Sasquatch fur might be brown, black, gray, white, and even greenish blue. All colors have been reported by Bigfoot Ciders. Hmm. And according to BigfootFinder.com, Sasquatch is immune to pepper spray and is thought to be incapable of sneezing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what? School would have been different for me. Oh, big time. Is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. So anyway, uh, this one is a, a big thank you oh, to Amy at absolutely. school with three O's. Man, this is a real like listener-made episode because yeah. Dave listens to the show, and that's how the Bell Witch came up. Yeah. Amy, At the risk of sounding corny, the show, <laughs> quite frankly, well, does not exist without yes. people enjoying yes. it. In uh, general. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into some of the basics. Okay. And I need somebody uh, – I need to thank somebody else. Ah. All my research for this episode was done by Allie. Oh, oh, that's nice. Yeah. She uh, – I've been uh, coming up against really some deadlines nice. and she asked me if I needed some help getting ready for Guide to the Unknown this week. And I was Aww. like, I don't want to – you know, I don't want to gobble up your time either. Yeah. And then a, a couple hours later, I was like, all right, I've got time to start doing the research on the topic if you want to send me whatever you got. Yeah. She, she's put together – Way more data than I ever do for this oh, show. Oh, Allie, that's she did a great so job. nice. So thank you very much, Allie. Oh, that's so sweet. So Sasquatch, yeah. or Bigfoot, mm-hmm. is a North American creature described as hairy, upright walking, and ape-like. It dwells in the wilderness, and his most common signature is its footprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all are aware, at least, of the idea of uh, uh, sort of crackpot theories of a Bigfoot yeah. lurking around in the Pacific Northwest, uh, in like Washington, British Columbia, and nobody ever really sees it. Yeah. Or you might hear somebody that was like, I, I saw a Bigfoot. Right. But primarily, the piece of evidence that's presented are uh, uh, plaster casts mm-hmm. of gigantic footprints. Right. Undeniable proof. Yes. Of a Bigfoot. Absolutely. No human being. Could have Would made have these a foot footprints. that big. <laughs> or just fake it. <laughs> it's impossible. I know, it's just at Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Toronto. And they had the shoes of like the biggest woman's feet in the world or something. And I feel like they big. could rival Bigfoot's. Yeah. I, that, I, you're probably not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good evidence for or against Bigfoot that people can be mighty big. Unclear. Yeah. <laughs> a human can be a Bigfoot. Yeah. I recently found out I am a Littlefoot. Uh, I've been wearing the wrong shoes. <laughs> Four years. <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Bigfoot and the Sasquatch are thought to be a missing link between humans and apes, mm-hmm. particularly. 
It is thought that Bigfoot was descended from an ancient ape from Asia called Gigantopithecus that existed millions of years ago. Sweet-ass name. Maybe it came over the Bering Land Bridge, like a lot of animals Maybe. did. To, you know, like there's the whole uh, convergent, divergent evolution thing uh-huh. where it's like, well, how did all these animals exist on multiple continents? It's because of things like Pangea yeah, yeah. before the continents split apart or these uh, passes that allow you to get it from one place to another even though it seems inexplicable. Right. Uh, and I love the idea of Sasquatch as an explainable phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sasquatch is the result of millions of years of evolution, just like us, mm-hmm. except where we diverted from the ape family, uh, uh, there was a common ancestor that continued right. on. Apey. Apey. Yeah. Uh, history. There are many wild man myths from all over the world, says Joshua Blabuzz. I'm sorry. Can you spell that for me? Uh, I don't think I can. It's what? spelled phonetically here. Oh. Blah buzz, author of Bigfoot, The Life and Times of a Legend. Yeah. Uh, Wild man myths. Mm -hmm. The reason why that is the term used here is because Sasquatch means wild man. Oh. Yeah. Uh, It actually comes from an old word, uh, uh, sesquak, Mm -hmm. uh, meaning literally wild man in Halcomel. Hal Komelem. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds right. Well, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to pronounce things properly. I know. Uh, uh, used by the uh, Coast Salish Indians of the Fraser Valley and parts of Vancouver Island, British Columbia. Okay. Canada, Kristen. Canada. Yeah, Canada. The Fraser Valley. Mm-hmm. I could walk for Niles and Niles there. Oh, <gasps> William. Never get tired. William. You distracted me because I was going to try to think of a tossed salad and scrambled egg joke, but that is way better. I'd walk Niles the only and Niles for a tossed salad and scrambled egg. <laughs> well, we're the only ones around for miles, so who ate all the tossed salad and scrambled eggs? <gasps> Sasquatch. Wait, what's the dog's name? Eddie. 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 Uh, tribes across north america have a total of more than 60 different terms for sasquatch so let's get into how we got from sesquatch to sasquatch Mm -hmm. uh it is quite frankly just a uh (laughs) a mistaken pronunciation oh okay if you're familiar with and i know you are the 1999 godzilla movie of course i am i'm familiar with the soundtrack so there is (laughs) (laughs) oh man Come with me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh-huh. And that weird remix of, uh, I don't remember what Green Day's, I don't remember what the song is called, but it's like basically the same song, but just with Godzilla squawks in it. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, you're right. Man, oh, Bobby God. and I did a cover of Come With Me that we oh, called. Oh, God, it's right. That we called Come With Me and Bobby. That's right. God, it's that available. So funny. It's available on SoundCloud. Yeah. We both sing it. Uh, I rap. It's amazing. I rap in it. And at one point I sound like George Costanza. Yes. Because P. Diddy goes, I'm going to take you with me like that. But I went, I'm going to take you with me, Jerry. <laughs> I forgot about that. I also that. screw up a line and I go, I'm seductive. Some women find that seductive. Yep. <laughs> That's in the song. Come with me and Bobby. Go to SoundCloud. I don't remember what username it's under. That is so funny. Available I totally now. forgot. Blasted in your cars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyway, the reason I brought that movie up mm-hmm. is because uh, um, uh, Harry Shearer okay. in that movie watches a tape of an old man who survived a Godzilla attack. Mm-hmm. The Japanese name for Godzilla is Gojira. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Harry Shearer watches the footage and then presents it on the news by going, he's saying Godzilla. That's where the name came from. So it's just, uh, uh, you know, sort of a, I don't know what you want to call it, the the hubris of... Thinking yeah, that you know American. better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Here's what this weird word is. I'll fix it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. That's crazy. Done. But it literally means wild man. That's nuts to me. Yeah. Um, Sasquatch legends have been part of uh, the uh, Chahalis tribe for centuries. In fact, their oral history says that the Sasquatch are their mortal enemies. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> the legends date back at least three generations before 1934. That's like a weird way to date time. Yes. It's like that four score and seven years ago. Yeah, like, why are you saying it that way? Three generations before 1934. First Nations people. <laughs> Maybe they don't know what they're they're considering a generation, so they just had to be like, all right, three generations three before. Three generations yeah. before 1934. Yeah. First Nations people all over the place have legends about the Sasquatch, and rock paintings appear to have been made about them. Uh, one cool story comes from a Quinault woman, Harvest Moon. She tells the story of the Glukeek monster she learned from a Lumi elder and its ties to the creation of mosquitoes. We're going to get into a folklore story that is based on the Sasquatch but explains where mosquitoes come from, Kristen. Amazing. The monster frightens tribal members and prevents them from hunting and gathering food. Here is the legend. Okay. His legs were as big as tree trunks, she said while swaying her hips and making arm and hand gestures during a recent storytelling presentation at the Lake Quinault Lodge. His skin was as tough as leather and his eyes had a hypnotic glow to them. The monster started chasing the woman through the berry patch. He took his huge, big feet, knocking over every basket of... Berry insight. You're not wrong. Knocking over every basket of berries, wasting them on the ground. That's terrible. Bigfoot kicked over my berry bunch. <laughs> my berry bushel. <laughs> According to the legend, warriors from various tribes gathered and vowed to kill the monster. They dug a hole, tricked Glukeek. This is Sasquatch, by the way. I didn't okay. point that out, but I think that's clear. Okay. Tricked Glukeek into falling into it and burned him. As Glukeek perished, he swore he would return to drink the villager's blood. Oh, my God. As his ashes ascended into the air, they transformed into mosquitoes. I love that. Isn't that great? Yeah. Bigfoot's been terrorizing. And we're talking about like like real like hunter gatherer. Right. If we don't get that bushel of berries, yeah. we're done so. We die. We need that. Right. Why are you kicking over my berries, yeah. Bigfoot? Maybe he's just clumsy, you know? His feet are so big. Maybe he just wanted some berries. Right. I, I don't know from that story that he was maliciously kicking over baskets. <sighs> the guy's called Bigfoot. It's an you interesting I mean? interpretation. I've been the known to be. The baskets are on the ground. I've been known to be clumsy. Who isn't clumsy? I wouldn't want to be put in a hole and burned. No, it's not. I don't know if it was Bigfoot's fault. And with the drinking blood, I mean, yeah. the juice from berries. Blood is what? It's just basically human is that juice. Not blood. Doesn't he just not- want a nice sip of juice? Absolutely. Who doesn't? You did with your baskets of berries. Yeah. So you're telling me you can't understand him? Oh, no, I can't have my juice. We're so oh. different. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the first uh, Sasquatch sighting, quote, by a white man. Okay. As if that's, this is like. So does this give it more credence? Exactly. Thing? I think that's nice. the that's the intended message mm-hmm. here. Uh, was in 1811 near what is now Jasper in Alberta, Canada. 
A trader named David Thompson found some footprints 14 inches wide with four toes in the snow. Mm. In 1884. Toes in the snow. Toes in the snow. There was one time in an apartment I lived in where uh, I found barefoot footprints coming from the other apartment to like take out garbage or something like that. I assume I was like, why would you just put shoes on real quick? I don't always put shoes on when I go outside. Barefoot in the snow? Sure. Really? Yes. Why? It feels nicey. Does it? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. All right. It doesn't seem like it would feel nice to me. Well, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's very refreshing. Really? Sure. That's crazy to me. No, it's, I don't know. It sounds, it just doesn't sound refreshing to me at all. It sounds so unpleasant. If you're doing it for two seconds, if I'm taking a, a, like garbage outside or something like that. No socks or anything? Just socks bare? would make it worse because your socks yeah, would Yeah, it would make wet. it worse. But just bare – ugh. No, it doesn't sound good. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It makes you feel a little more tied to nature, you know? I guess. Yeah. Why the hell not? Huh. Why okay. the hell not? All right. So anyway, in 1884, the newspaper The Daily Colonist of Victoria, British Columbia, talked about the capture of a Sasquatch. This is in the newspaper. Yeah. The creature was spotted by a train crew. They stopped the train, chased it, and captured it. After it ran up a rocky hill, they named it Jacko. You know, this is like with um, the Jersey Devil, a train full of people saw it. Yeah, yeah. And it was in the newspapers. Yeah, that's right. I guess a train full of people, it's moving so fast. I was going to say, it's moving so fast that you could think you're seeing something that's not there. Yeah. Plus, it's really fun to be able to be like, I saw it too. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, get caught up in the hype. Yeah. If If I have kids someday... There's a very good chance that I will do stuff like just be like I saw a big I saw a Bigfoot once. Oh yeah. Why not? Yeah. Right? Why not? It's not that different from talking about Santa Claus. That's absolutely Again, true. Again, Santa comes up. Yep. Yeah, you're what right. He's with this guy today. He's really hovering over us. <sighs> he just doesn't want to leave well enough alone. No. So they named it Jacko, and said it was quote something of the gorilla type, uh, standing four feet seven inches in height. What? Oddly short and specific. Littlefoot. <laughs> And weighing 127 pounds. He has long, black, strong hair and resembles a human being with one exception. Mm. His entire body, excepting his hands or paws and feet, are covered with glossy hair about one inch long. He possesses extraordinary strength as he will take hold of a stick and break it by wrenching it or twisting it. I could do that. Which no man could break in the same way. How dare you say that? That's really funny. No human could have broken a stick this way. Right. Uh, next line. This might have been a chimpanzee. Asterisk. In every in every book about Bigfoot, I bet yeah. it's covered with asterisks and footnotes that just say, might have been a chimpanzee. To be fair, this might have been an ape. Saw this weird footprint. Asterisk. Oh it was at the zoo. Right. In the gorilla enclosure. Do you remember on the low files when he went squatch hunting? Do I remember? I have a section in here about okay. it. Okay. All right. Let's we'll just jump to it. We'll, we'll just right. take a quick sojourn. Yeah. Because we're doing like some history. Let's get to some like fun pop culture. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll go back to history. Sure. Uh, so Rob Lowe mm-hmm. had a short-lived show that was wonderful. I think it, it existed it as we were episodes. doing Guide to the Unknown, right? No, like it, it came was Book Club Schmuck Club. It was on all Because oh. I've tried to go back and find us well, I succeeded. I wanted to find us talking about it, and we talked about it on a bonus episode of Book Club Schmuck Club. Ah, okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So it was a show that Rob Lowe, actor Rob Lowe, 
hosted with his sons Matthew and John Owen. Mm-hmm. And the three of them would uh, uh, go on adventures to discover stuff that we like here on yeah, Guide to totally. the Unknown. And one of the big episodes they did that's relevant to this conversation is they went out to find the wood ape. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in the Ozark Mountains and the people that they were with basically insisted, don't call it Sasquatch, don't call it Bigfoot. Right. These are things that dumb it down yes. and make people laugh at us. This is a real animal that just hasn't been spotted, hasn't been documented. Mm-hmm. Don't laugh about it. It's called the wood ape. Right. Um, and this is a couple of excerpts from an interview where he says, I'm fully aware that I sound crazy, uh, like a Hollywood kook right now, <laughs> That the fact that he was yeah. there to find the wood ape. Oh, they so ask, good. were you genuinely terrified? He goes, genuinely terrified? I was lying on the ground thinking I was going to be killed. <laughs> Remember how fun his scared face was? He was always like, he would, but like he always had like a little bit of a smile. Yeah, because he was loving, he was enjoying it so much. He always had a wry look on uh, his face. It was a wry look. It was a wry look. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. God, I love that show. The Low Files. Yeah. If only. If they reboot the Low Files. Do you remember that I ran a very small campaign? To call it a campaign is too much. But I follow all, I follow the Low Files on Instagram and all the Low Boys plus their teacup chihuahua, whose name I can't remember. <laughs> I was, I'm all in on these lows. And like <laughs> earlier, like, I don't know, a while ago, yeah. the Low Files Instagram account suddenly posted something where they're like, hey, would anybody like a season two? And I was like, oh, yes. And I like post on all of our social media, like, everybody, please swarm the Low Files Instagram account and tell them we need a season two. And I saw some of our listeners do it, which I appreciated very much. But there's been no news on that front. Damn. It was a wonderful show. I loved it. It was yeah. really great. It was very enjoyable. It yep. was heartwarming. Mm-hmm. They had uh, such a nice relationship. They really did. I uh, The only other possible request would, would be to get some sort of a brother and sister duo right. to go out and do adventures. But who? Who's up to that kind of challenge? Who would get to do something like that? I don't know. <laughs> get at me, Mr. Hollywood. Please. Um, By Mr. Hollywood, you mean Rob Lowe? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where we left off in the a history. A reboot of the low files starring us. <laughs> the much, much, much lower files. It's still <laughs> called the low files. but It's confusing, but we think it'll work. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it didn't. Yeah. Um, all right, so where we left off in the history, this thing mm-hmm. managed to bend a stick and break it yeah. in a way no man could. Can you imagine? Now, this immediately made me think, Bobby and I took an anthropology class and we missed a class where they were showing a video mm-hmm. about uh, chimpanzee society, right. for lack of a better word. And uh, we found out that they, they have, um, they do like feats of strength uh-huh. if they're oh, going to fight with each yeah. other. They don't like go mano a mano and duke it out right? because they're chimps. Right. <laughs> As if people would think like, they probably just punch each other in the yeah. face, right? Um, I know kangaroos with their boxing. Oh, kangaroos you know? are terrifying. They freak me right out. Yeah. So there was uh, we we got to watch this video. We got a makeup day. They put us in a like a cushy boardroom with big like high back leather chairs on wheels, and we were just rolling around watching a video of chimps. Yeah, yeah. We were the only two people in the room. It was perfect. Yeah. And uh, there was the the like leader mm-hmm. of this group. He had a mischievous brother, mm-hmm. and the mischievous brother started like like poking at the babies yeah. and like stealing food from the babies. That's not nice. So the leader had to like show his brother what's what. You don't do this. No. You don't do this to my not family. Not our chimp society. So the way that they fight each other is uh, they prove their strength to each other. And so there's like a five-minute 
like segment of the video where these two chimps are like sizing each other up and they splash around in a river <laughs> and the narrator goes like it's a very intimidating act because most chimpanzees can't stand getting their feet wet so it's like see what i can do <laughs> that's so getting awesome. my feet wet in this creek doesn't yeah. even make me feel icky <laughs> you're gonna regret messing with me strong and then I they am. like pick up a stick and break it in yeah. front of each other Oof. This is you. Like when you're a kid, you're like, you, know, you like break a stick and you go, this is you. Yeah. Snap. This is you. <laughs> you break it. Um, and that's all this made me think of. Yes, it's totally. like this. There were so people on a, a train. There were people on a train that saw a chimp and were like, whoa. Yeah. And then the chimp was like, you don't laugh at me. You don't point at me. Look at this. This is you. This is you. <laughs> like, no human could have done that. <laughs> All right. Here's another sighting. 1910. Two miners uh, were found with their heads chopped off. Oh. Sorry. Yikes. <laughs> it's just crazy. Uh, and it was pivot. It was attributed to Bigfoot. Okay. <laughs> but it seems it might have been done by other humans. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway. In 1924, there were three major sightings. The first was by a lumberjack who was captured by a family. Okay. A Bigfoot. Uh, The father and daughter guarded him while the mother and son prepared meals. They were vegetarian and ate roots, grass, and spruce tips. (laughs) He escaped. That's adorable. (laughs) He escaped after a week and didn't tell anyone until 1957. This is, what, 33 years Mm -hmm. later. Thinking people... Would have thought he was crazy. Yeah. Well, that sounds The mere fact right. that he didn't try to like capitalize on it in the yeah. moment or something. Right. Lends, uh, to be frank, lends some credence. Right. To the idea. Uh-huh. Unless he was just like, <laughs> you know, like now he's in his 60s and he's like, I have to tell you about that time I got yeah. <laughs> kidnapped by a family of big foot, big feet. Okay. Second I sighting. I imagine he must have had something to back it up. I, I, I don't. You know what would? How would you just not think like you just came up with this? Spruce tips is a very specific. It is very specific. Yeah. But good liars know that specific details make it. I know, Devils but I don't details. think I would have come up with spruce tips. Maybe he's an accomplished woodsman. I'm not sure what spruce knows. tips are. I don't know the tip of a spruce tree. What's a spruce? A spruce is just a tree. Yeah. They climb up to the top of the tree where all the I yummiest guess. bits are. Maybe it's like the end of a spruce branch. Who knows? I don't know. Sounds good. Uh, the second sighting in 1924, a group of miners, always miners, yeah. found a Bigfoot and shot at it. And then a group of them. Are mines like, do they start in forests? Are there like outlets of mines in, in wooded areas? I guess, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, when was the, uh, I'm, I'm, this is another one of those moments where I just expose my yeah. stupidity. When was the gold rush, right? Like, it's definitely before 1924. <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. Right? I just don't want to talk about it right now, but I do know. <laughs> yeah, of course. But like, you know, you got to imagine like. At a certain point, we yeah. were exploring the wilderness of the Pacific Northwest. Yes, yes. Treading into territory that did not belong to us. Right, right? that's true. Um, so uh, then, so they shot at a Bigfoot, and then a group of them surrounded the cabin and terrorized the miners by throwing stones, pounding the walls, and climbing on the roof. It lasted all night. I would die. The next day, the miners split and abandoned the mine. The place where this happened is now called Ape Canyon. That's cool. Isn't that great? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, years later, <laughs> a miner came forward to explain that he'd been the one to throw the rocks. Wait, but what about like them crawling all over the cabin and stuff like that? I guess it was just a ton of rocks. Maybe it was him and a bunch of big feet. 
he was. It only says he was the one that threw the rocks. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like if, if they were like crawling all over the cabin all night, that doesn't account for that. There were there. Maybe yeah. both things are true. Maybe this guy threw some rocks, but also a bunch of big feet were crawling all over this cabin. Yeah. So he was like, "Yeah, let's get them, guys. Yeah. <laughs> You're my friends now." Or totally separate incidents. Oh, these yeah. guys just had a night of bad luck. I threw the rocks. Yeah. I did not pound on the walls right, or do climb the, other the roof. Stuff. Yeah. Inexplicable. Yeah. Finally, near Mount St. Helens, a prospector claimed that he was awoken in the night when stones were thrown at his cabin. Outside, he saw a bunch of Sasquatches, and they screamed, quote, like a bunch of apes. The next day, he found huge footprints. Hmm. Um, uh, now, this is all in the 20s, and this is after hundreds of years of sort yeah. of like stories and rumors and folklore and mythology. The story of Bigfoot really takes off like a shot. In the 50s. Mm-hmm. In 1958, Andrew Genzoli, a journalist with the Humboldt Times, highlighted a letter from a reader about loggers in Northern California who had discovered mysteriously large footprints. Mm-hmm. The writer of the letter was a bulldozer operator named Jerry Crew. He found the footprints around where he was working in Humboldt County, California. He made a cast of these footprints. The Humboldt Times ran the story. And the footprint, uh, uh, a photo of the footprint in the paper. The journalist wrote, maybe we have a relative of the abominable snowman of the Himalayas. Cool. He didn't think much of it, but readers were instantly hooked. Later, he and journalist Betty Allen published a follow-up article with footprints reporting that the loggers had named the creature Bigfoot. This is where Bigfoot okay. comes from. Prior to this, Sasquatch. I've been using them interchangeably. What's Sasquatch mean again? Do you remember? Sasquatch. Wild man. Right, right, right. Uh, even though the loggers didn't really seem to believe in the creatures, they blamed acts of vandalism on it, and the story spread like wildfire. The TV show Truth or Consequences offered $1,000 to anyone who could prove the existence of Bigfoot. That's cool. Uh, immediately, Bigfoot became a character in adventure magazines and trade paperback novels and was always referred to as He, a primal, dangerous creature from our past who lurked in the unknown woods. By the 1970s, there were documentaries investigating him and films showed him as a sexual predator. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, you know, like thinking of like the old Universal monster movies of like, Whatever his name is, Aquaman. Who's the no? That's not Aquaman. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, like you know, carrying that woman. Gonna, like, and take stuff. a woman back into the water. Yeah, like monsters who are preying on women as a whole thing. Dracula yeah. with women. With you know, women. They're so. trying to take our women. <laughs> right. So I guess it makes. They sense belong to us, Bigfoot. Yeah. There's a monster, and it's yeah. like, no, they, these are ours. Yeah, these you know? are like, ours. That's like the worst thing that a monster can do is like take our women. Right. Exactly. You know. Stop treating our things like things. Exactly, and also it gives you a reason to put like. You know, probably like hotsy totsy looking women in danger. On yeah, things, I guess that's that always true. Sells. Yeah. People love that. Yeah, you're sickos. right. Uh, later in the 80s, Bigfoot became associated with environmentalism. Hmm. Don't chop down the woods. That's where Bigfoot lives. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, for example, uh, in Harry and the Hendersons, once again, thank you, Allie, for putting together these notes. Uh, Bigfoot needs John Lithgow and his family <laughs> to protect him. No incense here. All right. All right, let's get some evidence. I know I've seen Harry and the Hendersons, but like I don't really remember it or anything. I don't remember. I have no idea. I definitely saw it. Yeah. I don't know if I, I watched it. I think there were two it. maybe, right? It was definitely in front of me while my eyes were open and I was awake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the evidence. Uh-huh. The biggest piece of evidence. Yeah. The Patterson footage. Thank you. It was really bugging me what this was called. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like, hey, kids, 
This was a viral video before the internet. Oh boy, love that. In 1967, Roger Patterson <laughs> so and So many things were viral videos before the internet. <laughs> That's true. It's the original viral video. I feel like they say about like a million. Right. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh so in 1967, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin, both fans of the foot. That's awesome. Announced that they'd captured a Bigfoot with a movie camera. They filmed a few seconds of the ape-like creature, apparently female, moving across a clearing near Bluff Creek in Northern California. The film is not perfectly clear, but there is no mistaking the creature in the film for some other animal. No one has ever proven the film fake, but some viewers were made suspicious by the unnatural stride the Mm -hmm. creature had. A Smithsonian scientist who viewed the film admitted... I couldn't see the zipper, and I still can't. Oh. Mm. Uh, this is uh, pretty undeniably fake. I, I yeah. think I didn't look this up, and what I should have. Button? Have we explored that option? Might have been a button. <laughs> Maybe it was buttoned down the front. My shirt is. Although a button fly is a real pain, so I can't <laughs> imagine that they'd want to be dealing with that in that hot costume. That's a good point, Kristen. We're going to go with a button fly on this thing? (laughs) I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that uh, Roger Patterson came out later and admitted that it was fake. I know. I'm having like a weird moment. Uh, I don't know if I like started to research Bigfoot and I abandoned it for the show or I just on a personal level was like doing a bunch of research on Bigfoot at one point. But I remember looking into all of this stuff and I do think that he came out and said it was fake. Which is a shame. I think didn't we have the same thing happened with uh, the Loch Ness Monster? Right? There was, there was that, like... I don't remember because it was so god-awful boring. Yeah, it was. We turned the Loch Ness Monster into yeah. a mini-monster madness. <laughs> yes. Didn't even get a full feature. Yeah. But that was a good episode because I switched, I pivoted to Daniel Stern instead, so... <laughs> that was where Daniel Stern's story came yeah. from? I um, thought that he was going to be the mini-monster and the Loch Ness was going to be the main event. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Swap, swap. Mm, all right. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that he admitted that it's fake which is like mm-hmm. it's a shame if you've got everybody yeah like they used to show this footage the the footage of sasquatch walking around in those woods it's blurry footage and the long stride and it just sort of turns and looks yeah, at the camera like looking, for a moment yeah. like i see you right. i see you filming me mm-hmm. and disappears yeah chilling yeah that that has been like repurposed uh referenced in real horror movies in m night Shyamalan's signs yep they're watching television footage and there are a bunch of kids at a birthday party and they're going like it's outside it's outside and the camera looks out the window and an alien walks across an alleyway in the exact same style of of uh, of film Mm -hmm. as the bigfoot footage right and it sends a chill down my spine every time signs rules signs is a is a good movie yeah that has a lot of dumb stuff in it and gets dumped on more than it deserves yeah totally i i think that it's way better than people give it credit for yeah we watched it we watched it recently Mm -hmm. and uh it was great i haven't watched it in a while but i know i really like had a blast yeah um all right hoaxes i'll make this quick we're getting toward the end here Mm -hmm. uh there are tons of hoax footprints that have been made with you know wooden feet or altered boots Mm -hmm. Allie has a note here (laughs) altered boots altered boots Allie has a note here one company even produced a set of oversized plastic feet that you could use to fool your friends and family or fit your size 13 shoes that i don't actually need oh (laughs) maybe i should be wearing fake plastic feet and then putting shoes on top of those maybe maybe that would help all right the biggest, coolest hoax of all time, in yeah. the Bigfoot arena at least, is the Minnesota Iceman. 
discovered by a Milwaukee zoology student called Terry Cullen in December 1968 uh, at the Chicago International Livestock Exhibition and Fair as a sideshow exhibit. This is the first time we know that this thing existed. Mm -hmm. Everything after this point, after December 1968, is hearsay, possibly made up, possibly entirely fake. Uh, The Minnesota Iceman... uh, was a creature uh, found and killed by a man named Frank Hansen. Mm-hmm. He killed the Minnesota Iceman, basically Bigfoot. Yeah. Shot him in the face. Okay. And put his body on ice. Okay. To show around. Uh, <clears throat> uh, at a certain point, when he was reading about the abominable snowman and Bigfoot and stuff, he was like, oh, this is a popular thing. I have one. Yeah. I what? have one because I killed a monster. Huh. I got him on ice. Yeah. Where is he storing him on ice? In when his I, basement. When you, oh, my God. When you said you put him on ice, I thought you meant that this was like on ice, but traveling with him. Like he was like P.T. Barnuming this yeah. person. Well, he eventually did. Eventually, Eventually. Though. Yeah. It's weird that he didn't the do it The fact that it's not immediate is crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he met a veteran showman who was very interested in the hairy creature to display at fairs. So Frank contacted his attorney. Uh, since he was worried about displaying a corpse yeah. that he had shot. The attorney said that he should make a model. So he drew up plans, quote, from life and contacted makeup and special effects houses, paid them several thousand dollars to make a model of the real body right. that he had of a Bigfoot. Uh, he then added lifelike touches like a bloody eye, broken arm, blood-soaked hair to match the one in his freezer. Holy crap. Uh, he then put it on display and came up with sources of stories. Uh, there are like three different stories of how he got this thing uh-huh. in the first place. They're, I mean, they're, they're Cocoa Bonanza. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't make any sense. Uh, word spread that the thing was probably fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he thought it would be safe to put the real thing on display, proof that it was real. All of a sudden, medical doctors and scientists started getting interested. In 1968, that guy, Terry Cullen, saw it and realized that it was real. Uh, he told a naturalist and author of books about the abominable snow- snowman um, about it, and they uh, spent three days examining the creature. <laughs> the corpse was that of an adult male with large hands and feet. Its skin was covered in dark brown hair that, for the most part, was three to four inches long. The creature had been shot through one eye and had a gaping wound and fracture to the left arm. In places where the ice had melted, the two investigators could, gross out alert, okay. smell putrefaction, mm-hmm. leading them to believe the body was authentic. This yeah. is not a model. This was a once living thing. Right. They could hardly believe what they saw. Uh, they later published a report on the creature. Um, in the February 1969 Bulletin of the Royal Institute of Natural Sciences of Belgium, uh, he called the creature the Homo pongoides and stated the search for the rumored live ape man or missing link has at last been successful. They are validating uh-huh. this creature as being a Bigfoot. This is nuts. Yeah. Uh, the Iceman, uh, uh, one of the investigator guys, Sanderson, mentioned the Iceman on an appearance on The Tonight Show. And all hell broke loose. The FBI and Smithsonian requested permission to study the body. Yeah. Hansen refused everyone. Also, law enforcement thought it might be a human victim. Yeah. Yeah. After this interest, the body vanished. Oh, boy. And only the fake remains. Uh, it was thought, what? therefore. Mm-hmm. 
It was thought, therefore, that the exhibit had been a fake from the start. But the original investigators say that's not true. What? The Iceman fake body was displayed all over the country at state fairs and is rumored to show up to this day. Hansen has kept a low profile since 1970. No one knows where he is. What? The body was real and no one knows where it is. Government? Big Brother? This is crazy. Big Brother? I'm ready to listen. This is insane. If true. If true. Yeah, I guess if true. I assume this story was going to go in a direction where they drew blood and they found it was human blood. And it was a guy who it's had like, like uh, I don't know. Is it called hirsutism where you're like covered in hair? I, I don't no remember. Idea. But I thought it was going to be something like that. I did not know that we we're just going to lose this thing. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, 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 the government was interested in this thing and suddenly it's not around anymore. We're not allowed to know about the uh, these mysterious things. They might even tell I'd us. Like to look more into that. They might even just tell us that the will-o'-wisp is uh right it's just you know, gas swamp igniting. gas mm-hmm. well yeah it's like there's that um i don't remember it right but remember in that article from the new york times about the ufos they said kind of like casually that there's like a building in vegas or something like that that has insane technology that yeah 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 you know what i mean like the and that that wasn't like just crazy like conspiracy yeah. talk that's like a real thing yeah like, I don't think it's impossible that the government... I don't think it's impossible at all. ...could have found this and, and done away with it. But I also think it's possible that it could just be not true. Yeah. Yeah, without But, a doubt. I mean, not not impossible. No. Whoa. I need to look into that more. That's crazy. It, it's, it's, it's wild. What do you think about Bigfoot and Sasquatch and the wood ape and all of this? And all this? And all this? Um, I think that it is uh, uh, probably a combination of a few things. It's mm. probably I know, another sort of creature that people used to tell their children about so that they would make sure to come home mm-hmm. by nightfall. Don't go running around in the woods on your own. The mm-hmm. wood ape is in there. Um, and then I think it became a convenient icon for um, Manifest Destiny. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, like, hey, couldn't we just leave stuff yeah. alone? Yeah. Isn't there some uh, such a thing as having enough? Right. Do no. we need to chop everything down? No. Yeah. Um I don't I don't I don't think it exists. Yeah. I think that evolution itself is uh substantial ev- evidence of the things that exist and don't. Mm-hmm. Um and as much as I want to believe that there are things that we have not discovered mm-hmm. yet, I think that they're probably at the bottom of the ocean and in outer space because yeah. I kind of feel like we've like poked around yes. the surface level earth as much as we possibly can. Yes. Totally. So I don't think it exists. Yeah. Do I think that it's possible that the government would keep information mm-hmm. at bay from from like public consumption? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know why they would have done this because theoretically either, Bigfoot's just an animal. Right, but it's like humanoid. You know what I mean? If there's like a threatening, strong humanoid creature in the woods – yeah, I guess so. If it's like if it's potentially a uh, an apex predator, like yeah. it's it's above us on the yeah, food right, chain right. or something. Although they're eating spruce tips. Yeah, they're eating spruce tips. They're eating it spruce seems, tips. It seems like they're vegetarians, yeah. right? That guy who said he lived with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a note in here, and I, I I can't find it at the moment. Oh no, I got it right here. Um, there was a term, uh, uh, an ancient term from the uh, Chahalas people. Who described a solicum, a solicum, S-O-L-L-I-C-U-M. Mm-hmm. I looked up this word and it only routed me right back to this particular fact. Yeah. But evidently, a solicum is a term uh, for a being that comes from both the natural and supernatural worlds. 
Whoa, that's cool. It's a wonderful word. Yeah. And it might therefore suggest that Bigfoot is not just another animal. Right. Maybe Bigfoot is tied into uh, some sort of a metaphysical property. Yes. Yeah. I think that there are theories about that. It's like an elemental, Mm -hmm. right? It's an elemental of the woods. Right. Um, Or it's like a blip from another, uh, what's it called, dimension. Kind of like right. popping up here and there. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's a fascinating notion. Yeah, totally. And especially like with whatever quote I read before about, you know, maybe do we have our own version of the Yeti of mm-hmm. the Himalayas? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe these are protectors of the environment in yeah. different regions. Yeah. Right? The Sasquatch protects the uh, uh, the heavily forested mm-hmm. green Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. of this continent. Yeah, I love that idea. The Yeti protects the, the cold, snowy Alps. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a, another Yeti type – creature right uh for like around like hot temperatures yeah a jungle beach. type environment or something like mm-hmm. that yeah the beach yeah the beach yeti it's probably a crab yeah probably a big old crab probably a crab but i'm i'm thinking like i'm positing like the yeti and the bigfoot would seem like they are the same species yeah right it's just like yeah right, we they're just they're just kind of regional differences yeah mm-hmm. at one point we had our own uh, uh, tribunal. Mm-hmm. We had our own council. Right. We each represented these things, but now we've scattered we to our various points. Yeah, we each got our marching orders and places that we're supposed to protect. So we went to those places. Yep. Yeah. And then man. Like idea. And then man came along mm-hmm. and uh, took out Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, and so we're down an right. elemental. And guess what? The environment's not doing so well. Yeah. Maybe should have left Bigfoot alone. Everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I like that idea. Yeah. And maybe that would be the reason why the government would want to get involved and be like, right. don't tell people about this. Yeah. Because it represents more than just another yes. creature. Yeah. It, it opens a whole Pandora's box of things that need to be explained that yeah. they don't want explained. Exactly. Yeah. Um, why? What do you think? Into it. I don't know what I think. I mean, I think it's it's very unlikely. You know, if I was I, – I wish I had read more stuff recently. I guess I've thought that it's not impossible that there was maybe something that has maybe since extinct perhaps. Like maybe there was something yeah. that was like that but it just kind of died out. Um, but I remember – man, I wonder why – I guess just in my off time. I guess we don't do this show for no reason. I remember like really reading into Bigfoot a bunch at one point. Right. Um. I guess I remember also thinking that the woods are so surprisingly dense. Like you think of just like, you know, Bigfoot in the woods, like whatever. But there are areas where the woods are like intense and humongous. That is true. Where something could kind of evade being seen if it had the intelligence to want to evade it. Yeah. Um. So I'm not like definite team there's Bigfoot or anything, but I don't think it's as silly as like. No, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I don't find thing. it laughable in yeah. a way where you'd be like, dummy. Like, yeah. no, there's not a Bigfoot. Because right. you're right. It like, I just seem likely, but, you know, yeah. I'm sure there are all kinds of things that play naturally that I don't understand that could maybe support the idea that something could kind of hide out in this way if it had the incentive to. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Because, like, yeah, I was saying that, like, we've explored everything there is to explore mm-hmm. but you're right we've we've even talked about it on this show like i did the alaska triangle yeah the whole point is you can't navigate that region it's too right. dangerous right exactly there i guess yeah you're right there so are maybe there are places that trail, we can't yeah, the yeah. bigfoot went off trail and got spotted or something like that but then goes back into the area that people can't really go to I mean, maybe yeah yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll put it this way: I believe that there are animals that we haven't seen before. Yeah, totally. That haven't so I, been documented. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. So I think it's not. It's just a particularly big one. It's just so big. It's the thing. It's just so big. I know. 
I know. And also the whole thing, there is this air of silliness because of the Patterson film and everything. Like it just like discredited it so much because it like, it's so clearly like a human man walking. I know. You know what I mean? But I I even, I'll point to a goofy movie for this. Mm -hmm. The Faculty. The Goofy Movie? (laughs) Goofy Movie. Uh, The movie The Faculty. Yeah. Elijah Wood in that movie is supposed to be the sort of film dork Mm -hmm. Randy from Scream type character. And he, that movie's about aliens. Right. And he says like, you know, maybe E.T. and all these movies about aliens, uh, them being, you know, bumbling or even terrifying. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were made to get us all to doubt that aliens yeah. could even exist. Yeah. No, that's just something in a movie. Right. That's something done with special effects. Right. Maybe – No, go ahead. They don't want us to know about aliens. Mm-hmm. So – they came up with all these stories that mm-hmm. make you think of them as less threatening. Yeah. Maybe Bigfoot is real and the government got Roger Patterson right. to put on a Bigfoot suit. So that you think it's silly and ridiculous. Yeah. It's like this thing that people do. I don't experience it in my life, but I'll see it on my reality shows that I watch and everything. And it drives me so crazy because I know exactly what they're doing. It's the same kind of thing. So this isn't a specific example, but let's say like – uh, I kicked you like a little under the table and you're like, oh, you kicked me. I'm like, oh yeah, I kicked you. Yeah, that's right. I took an, I took a bat and I smashed your leg. Okay. I, I hurt your leg. Right. That's the thing. And making it so big and crazy so that other people who are observing are like, yeah, of course she didn't do that. But yeah, I might've actually kicked you. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just making it bigger. So it sounds like your accusation is more insane. Yeah. It's so like, like maybe it's the a same form of gaslighting. Yeah. So it's, it could be the same kind of thing. They're like, oh yeah, you think there's a big foot. You think there's a man right. who's like walking around he's all for yeah okay there's also a thing called the streisand effect mm-hmm. i think yes yes which is uh i don't i don't know what the actual original oh. i don't know why it's named after barbara streisand but um uh, there's like a, a photo of beyonce that's particularly you know mm-hmm. not flattering right and people caught wind that she was trying to get it scrubbed from the internet right and so it caused everybody to duplicate it endlessly 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 turn it into a meme and share it all over the place. The act of trying to deny something Mm -hmm. spreads it further than you ever could have anticipated in the first place. Right. So maybe even the government, if like, you know, like all this Patterson footage and stuff comes out and looks stupid Mm -hmm. by just by letting it go out there and not acknowledging it. Yeah, let it look stupid. Fine. Let it look stupid. He just did us a favor. Everybody's going to think that Bigfoot is ridiculous. We want it to seem dumb. Right. Yeah. Yeah, It was because um, Barbara Streisand was attempting to suppress photos of her residence in Malibu, which inadvertently drew public attention to it. Why'd she? I don't know how, why that (laughs) drew attention to it. Huh. All right. Let's see. Uh, Oh, I guess because she sued. She just didn't want somebody to be taking a picture of her house? Yeah, yeah. All right. That's fair, I guess. Yeah, just taking a picture of my house right now. It's like, fair. I guess I guess the fact that she sued drew more attention to the right. idea of taking pictures of her house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so I've got two final facts. Cool. One of them is kind of stupid, but I find it kind of uh, sweet in a really, really strange way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars, Chewbacca. Yes. Chewbacca's basically Bigfoot. Yeah. Even his his uh, tribe, the Wookiees, mm-hmm. when we see them in Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith, they live on Kashyyyk, and they live in houses that are built at the top of you know giant redwoods. It yeah. basically looks like the Pacific Northwest yeah. where they live. That's I guess sort of like a jungle vibe too. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, Star Wars takes place uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Right. It's in the past. It happened in the past. Han Solo. Chewbacca's buddy is played by Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford also played Indiana Jones, also uh, uh, written by 
George Lucas. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of sort of uh, connective tissue between those two characters. Han Solo, Indiana Jones, also very similar right. characters. Mm -hmm. So somebody made a comic a few years ago that I, I really like mm -hmm. where Indiana Jones is uh, exploring around in the jungles and he comes across the crashed remnants of the Millennium Falcon. Oh, uh, from Star Wars. That's cool. And the, the idea is this. Han Solo and Chewbacca were on an adventure, mm -hmm. go through a wormhole or whatever. They have to escape a thing. And they crash on a mysterious planet. And unfortunately, Han Solo perishes oh boy. in the crash. Oh, boy. All these years later, adventurer Indiana Jones comes across the wreckage and being the archaeologist that he is, uh, climbs around inside and finds the bones of Han Solo. And is basically like, he seems like a hell of a guy. <laughs> Look at this bone structure. Must have been a handsome devil. <laughs> <This> guy, <laughs> handsome devil is exactly <laughs> the right phrase. That's what I was going to say, <laughs> without a doubt. Um, and so he's you know exploring, and he's like, huh, another weird adventure, and walks off in the distance, and the final panel up in the trees is uh, uh, Chewbacca oh, cr crouching that. on a branch watching Indiana Jones walk away. That's nice. Chewbacca is an alien. Yeah, yeah. But he came to Earth and now he's Bigfoot. Now he's Bigfoot. I like that. Isn't that really sweet? Yeah. In a weird way. It yeah. involves like a, a beloved character, Han Solo, dying. Right. Uh, but it but, gets us to a nice place. Yeah. And it's also kind of nice that Indiana Jones meets Han Solo. Yeah. As unlikely and stupid as it is, because it almost feels like a Batman versus Predator type right. like weird mashup. Yeah, totally. Plays kind of nicely. Yeah. I think they're both very pulpy stories. Yeah, totally. They really are very similar. Yeah, they so can coexist. Works. Totally. Yeah, I, I thought that was really sweet. That is sweet. Uh, but to end on a point of stark reality, oh. uh, all that we've been laughing about Bigfoot having a good time, but I want any of you to get any bad ideas. Okay. In Skamania County in Washington, it is illegal to kill a Bigfoot under penalty of a $1,000 fine and five years in jail. Okay. All right. So think about Not that. that I would. Next time you decide to go Bigfoot hunting, you <laughs> cretins, you rascals. That's right. One of the Bell Witch said, did she say rascals? Yeah, rascals. Yeah, you rascals. Yeah. Uh, but there you have it. That's awesome. That's Bigfoot. Thank you. At school. Yes. Thank you, at school. What a good suggestion. For turning our goofy show into an intellectual exercise. Useful topics. Yeah. yeah. Lessons. Educational. Uh, uh, We're basically professors. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Thank you, Amy. Guide to the unknown in the classroom. Yeah. So the kids can be like, Remember in school when like they'd wheel on the big TV yeah. and go, oh, we're watching a movie yes. today. Yeah. If like, Guide to the yes. Unknown was in the classroom, every time they push in the TV, the kids are like, again, <sighs> how many again. of these are there? I'm exhausted. How many are there? They're long. There's so many. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, I also want to mention if you're a Squatch fan, that there's a company called Maiden Voyage Clothing Company that makes um, a bumper sticker that I had on my old car. I just saw that they just started reproducing them because they were out of stock for a long time that says, uh, I break for cryptids with my big foot, ah. with a big foot foot on a break. Nice. So you can go check that out at maidenvoyagecloathingcompany.com maybe. I don't know. But you can search for their name. Something like that. Yeah. Bigfoot and they have other Bigfoot-y stuff and cryptid-y stuff. They're really cool. Bigfoot would need a custom car. Oh, definitely. He's not going to fit comfortably. No. In a sedan? Come yeah. on. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, whoop, there it is. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's this week's uh, that's episode of Guide to the Unknown. That's right. So if you liked the show, we would love it if you could leave us a review um, wherever you're listening to the show. So either an Apple podcast, Stitcher, Facebook reviews are really awesome too. People are starting to pay attention to that. So it's really, really helpful to us if you leave us a review somewhere. You can also donate to the show if you like it and you just kind of want to thank us for putting these out every week by going to patreon.com slash gttupod. Yeah. Keep the party going. Mm Mm-hmm. Follow at GTTUPod on all social media yep. to keep up to date with posts throughout the week from the wide world of horror shared by Kristen herself. Mm-hmm. And if you have any interest in talking to us as uh, as people That's right. sharing stuff online, we recently made a, a rather large discovery about the Scream poster over on Twitter. Oh, we did. We did. It was huge. Yep. So you're uh, going to want to get over there. Game changing. How did it happen? <laughs> Point is, special things happen when you talk to us yeah. on the internet. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at Haunted. No. Nope. I was wondering if you'd be on it or not. Oh, I'm on William. it. William. At oh, Haunted Sponge is no more. Were you joking just now when you did that? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were serious. You were all witness to the rise of at the Myth Traveler, <laughs> a name bestowed unto me by mm-hmm. little brother. And uh, confirmed into Guide to the Unknown Law That's by right. listeners and viewers on a live stream recently. Absolutely. Uh, follow me. I'm at The Myth Traveler on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We hope you had a, as good a time as we did. And we will see you next week when we get back into the spooky world of the unknown. That's right. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go we. Bye. Bye.